0: Good morning. You are tuned in to Rise and Stein. Brian Race jumping in. I honestly think... David's head was exploding <laughs> from the information overload, and he asked me to, to jump in real quick as we continue uh, with our teacher this morning, Ray Haynes. Yeah, now
1: he's got some exciting things to do uh, with uh, revolution this morning, so we're always glad to see what God's doing in the kingdom all around here. Well, it is Yom Kippur, and we're rolling through uh, teaching and understanding what this means to us as Christians. So, the Day of Atonement is when the high priest sacrificed a bull that would come. Cover the sins of the priesthood. The high priest would be covered in blood from making the sacrifice. So I want you to think of your uh, what it is to be a Christian and how all this begins to apply. So then he would go, the priest would go through the veil that separated the holiest of places from the rest of the temple. The veil represented the separation between God and man due to man's sin. Spiritually speaking, Jesus was and is the veil. So when he died on the cross for sin, which separated us from God, the veil, his body, was torn. So, then he went into the holy of holies, the priest, to pour the blood on the mercy seat. Now, the Hebrew word there is kaporet, which is related to the word kippur, yom kippur. So, that, that, um, that lid, if you will, the top there is the, the kipper. So, it's translated as purge, atone, expiate, propitiate, which is, essence, the cross. So, this holy of holies, this mercy seat was the cross. The priest entered the incense with incense before him as he approaches the Ark of the Covenant, sprinkles the blood on it. Now, on this, which is called the Day of Atonement, is the most holy day of the year. That's its official name. The rabbis agree that the priest's motion was was called keimatzlif, or as if they were whipping someone. So, in other words, he's sprinkling the blood on like he had a whip. Basically, right? So, but here's how it's written in the Mishnah and the Babylonian Talmud. The motion is once upwards, seven times downwards, aiming to sprinkle neither upwards nor downwards, but Kematzlev making the movement of swinging a whip. So, keeping in mind where the comparison to Jesus is here, some have suggested that originally the word was kematzlif, with a with a T in there instead of just Kemoslev, Kemoslev, which is instead of like a whip, like a cross. So instead of like a whip, like a cross, all right? So the obvious implications of this were way too much for the Jewish sages, and it was eventually, they say, changed to Kamoslev. But after the high priest finished with the bull, he would take two goats to cover the sins of the people. So bull covers one thing, the goats covers another. So here is how this uh, runs out in Leviticus 16. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering, the priest, to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he's to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He's to cast lots for the two goats. One lot for the Lord, the other for the scapegoat. All right, two goats here. The high priest puts his hands into a wooden case and takes out two labels, if you will. One is inscribed, literally, for Yahweh, the other for absolute removal or azazil. So, Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering for the people. So the Lord's goat symbolized Christ, who took upon himself the penalty for our sins. Our sins have been transferred from their soul to his. He's died for those sins, and the sinner is judged to be perfect as if he had never sinned. That's all the way back here in the Day of Atonement. But the goat chosen by lot as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. So he's to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the care of someone appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all of their sins to remote place. Now, the subtlety here is he would throw that goat off a cliff at the end of this little journey. So both goats die so that the people's sins would be forgiven, because you can't have the goat wandering back into town going, well, there's your sins, they're back. So, the Talmud states this, a strip of scarlet dyed wool was tied to the head of the scapegoat, which would turn white as soon as the goat was thrown over the precipice, as a sign that the sins of the people were forgiven. So, you see, there is a real miraculous quality to this. This is literally a strip of wool... Uh, that is dyed scarlet that turns white so all the people can look at this and see god has accepted the sacrifice of the goat our sins are forgiven now it didn't always turn white which is always a bad year beginning with the death and resurrection of jesus it no longer turned white the talmud bears record to a spiritual decay among the people such that even murders became so widespread that the sanhedrin ceased to adjudicate capital crimes such as homicide The miracle of the thread turning white was to show them and us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive them. When Jesus died on the cross, it tore the curtain that separated us forever. And a permanent sacrifice was made and accepted for everyone forever, if you accept it. Now, in Revelation 13, Jesus is called the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world ten days after the creation the first Yom Kippur occurs sin happens, spiritual death happens but blood must be spilled to cover their sin God doesn't desire to kill Adam and Eve so at creation they're covered in lighter glory but now it's gone and they're naked so God makes a sacrifice he places their sins on the animal kills it to make them coverings with its skin the Hebrew meaning or concept of that word covering is anointing so he restores their anointing with what? The blood of that sacrifice. Without shedding of blood, there's no remission or removing of sin. So then God casts them out of the garden to the east. The first animal was killed to make them clothes and restore their anointing. Adam and Eve leave the garden clothed with that animal. You see the concept there? In a sense, they're the second goat walking off into Ill, to the wilderness, never to return. This is the next picture of Christ slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus will be called the second Adam, and so is the first goat. And on the cross, when he is slain outside the city, he's the scapegoat.
0: So it's a very big concept, needless to say. But that's as we continue Yom Kippur. And you recognize right now, I'm sure, Ray, that uh, there are people sitting in a parking lot. They were supposed to clock in about 22 minutes ago. <laughs> Tell you about some and, and, and they are just uh, being blown away right now by what the Lord is unfolding and isn't it wonderful that our God is just so rich uh, with the way he weaves things together, and you peel back the onion, and the layers just sure. continue, and that's why we want to encourage you that uh, later this afternoon you can get the teaching notes available up at uh, victory.radio by clicking on the blog, Correct. and of course blog. Radio. and of course download the new More Music app and look for the podcast section. Ray's teaching is in the podcast section. That too will be up later this afternoon. So if it should
1: be up early in the afternoon, maybe even by lunch hour. So if so all goes well,
0: and there's still more to come. So stay with us right here on Victory 91.5.
1: Hey, it's Leanna here along with our brand new Risenstein partner.